0: moment
1: Hello and welcome to Episode 9 of the Kaiju Groupie Podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and for this episode, I had the privilege of sitting down with the always wonderful Lisa knapp to discuss her background as a professional artist and storyteller, what current projects she's working on, her perspective from being a prominent female voice within the fandom, and all points in between. It was a fantastic conversation, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. But before we move into that conversation, I do have some brand new feedback I want to read out that came via another Apple Podcast review. This review comes from friend of the podcast, Elijah. The title of the review is A Bridge Across Land and Sea, and the review reads like this. The Kaiju Groupie podcast is something special to behold. During a time like this in the kaiju community, it's good to see some people using it to bring us together instead of apart. The best part about that is Michael has used his platform to do good and not push any agendas except for unity and community. Truly something special. Speaking not only as a guest on the cast, but as a constant listener, this podcast is easily one of my favorites and I hope for many more episodes in the future. Five stars. Well, thank you so much for for that feedback, Elijah. It's always a pleasure hearing from you. And you, audio listener, if you also want to help out the podcast, just like Elijah, you can send us feedback via an Apple Podcast review. Uh, And what that's going to do is that's going to help put this show in front of other Kaiju and Tokusatsu fans just like you. You can also leave your feedback at kaijugroupiepod at gmail.com. And I promise if you do either one of those, I will read your feedback on a future episode. So without further ado, let's move into the conversation with Lisa Knappsiger. Lisa, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of my podcast. How are you doing this evening?
0: Good. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm excited that we connected in another podcast, and I get to be a guest on yours this time too. So, yay, new friends. Yeah,
1: <laughs> for sure, for sure. Like you and I were just talking just now, and uh, uh, this is uh, this is just a relaxed conversation. Like I said, this is an opportunity for you and I to get to know each other, and hopefully, uh, you know, talk about something that the listeners will find interesting. And I'm sure we will because you know. You are into a lot of stuff, so that's uh, a good way to put it <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it, but it's all good stuff like i I've been an admirer of yours for a while now um you've been sort of a known entity within this fandom for for a little bit. I first discovered i first got to know you when uh our friend David had you on his podcast for building a bridge, and that's when i that's when I found out about you and i've been so i've been uh following your work ever since. And I just, I've really enjoyed the stuff that you've put out.
0: Oh, thank you. I've always wondered how people end up finding my stuff, like where the roots of it are.
1: Mm. -hmm. Mm. -hmm. Yeah. It's uh, like, I'm just thrilled that there was another uh, female comic book artist in this fandom that does great art. So yeah, that's when I, when David, when, when you put out that episode with David, I was, you know, I was super intrigued by, by your story and everything that you have going on. So, um, you know, speaking of that, for anyone who may not know all three people who may not know who you are, Lisa, uh, <laughs> let us, uh, give us a little insight on who, who is Lisa Nafziger and uh, throw in a little bit about the work you do on top of it.
0: Yeah, so I'm Lisa. I think a lot of people probably know me online from drawing the really neon kaiju portraits and then maybe my participation in Kai July, another drawing challenge um, over the summer. So yeah, like I said, I'm interested to see where people find me from the start, but I, I can see which posts get a lot of traction and it's usually when I draw, Yeah some kind of neon portrait or maybe most recently I drew Ella King with a gun. So not to trademark that <laughs> yet, but um, that was me. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. Cause I saw that a few weeks. I don't know how long that's been a thing. I think it's what been three or four weeks now at this point. And yeah, that one, it, it's weird how it, it's weird. The kind of stuff that, that us and the giant monster fandom latch onto. Right.
0: Right. The things that catch on.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But it's been super fun. It's been super fun watching you and uh, it's been fun watching you grow over the last, uh, like I was just saying, I discovered you through David's podcast that was nine months ago. And it's been really great seeing how you as a person and as a voice in this community has evolved in such a short amount of time.
0: There's definitely like this steep, um, like if not that we're supposed to look at the, um, the charts or anything of, uh, sure. like online feedback, but when I do check up on that stuff, it's funny to see like, there'll be this big upswing when I post something or like, I try to find out what that correlates to. So the Ella King thing mm-hmm. was a hit. Um, <laughs> but before that, I think I was even just surprised to find that there was a community. Um, I mean, I've always liked monsters and dragons and dinosaurs and things like that Mm -hmm. but um to find Mm -hmm. out that there were still people um like actively enjoying the godzilla fandom um that was pretty cool Mm -hmm. to stumble across a couple years ago
1: yeah yeah so i mean how how, what what got you into all this anyway like what 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 got you hooked is what i'm probably trying to drive at
0: right i think i've said it before that there seems to be some kind of gateway drug for people either it's going to be like, they get really into animals or specifically dinosaurs. So I'm one of the dinosaur mm. kids. Like, I really fixated <laughs> on that when I was a little kid. I loved um, right the toys and learning their names. I watched every, like, special that was on TV. Um, walking with dinosaurs. I had my grandma record that um, on a video yes. so that way I could watch it over and over again. So <laughs> the interest has always been there for that sort of thing. Um, and I'd watched a couple Godzilla movies with my dad growing up. I talked to him about it recently because I was thanking him, like, oh, you got me into all this stuff. So thank you for leading the way. And he's just like, oh, I just found some weird bargain bin movies. Like, I was surprised he didn't have like this nostalgic attachment to it like I thought he did. But he was just like, oh, it was fun to watch together. But I guess mm-hmm. he's not really a, a Godzilla fan after all. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting how our parents do that for us. Right. Because, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, growing up, I was also like one of those kids that was big into dinosaurs. It was in the 90s. I'm a 90s kid. So uh, it was dinosaurs, Jurassic Park, uh, Power Rangers, etc., etc. That's what I was into. And then I discovered uh, Godzilla and I discovered Godzilla through just literally my parents uh, saw this marathon on television and decided to record this for me and then that was I'm glad you said gateway drug because I have literally said before you know, Godzilla <laughs> is my gateway drug into everything else that you know this fandom has to offer the good and the bad
0: and we were lucky enough to get um, in the late 90s the Godzilla movie in the United States so that was another thing
1: <laughs> wait what What movie was this remind me I, I don't know what you're talking oh, about oh have
0: we blocked it from our memory
1: <laughs> Uh, I well, <laughs> Was Matthew Broderick in it? I don't remember. <laughs> I, I remember there being something about fish and a worms fish. and a, <laughs> fish and worms and a pregnancy test. That's all I oh remember. My gosh. The
0: cartoon <laughs> was fantastic. I feel like that was something I remember way more than the movie. I love that show. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. I love the cartoon. Like I, 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 I remember. I remember the first time I, I discovered that that cartoon was. On television, like in the in the good old days of TV Guide, Um, it was on the cover of TV Guide. And I thought, well, holy crap, there's a there's more Godzilla coming in the form of a cartoon, which is great because, you know, I I'm one of those people that enjoys the cartoon more so than the movie, although Mm -hmm. I do respect the movie. It's not great, but I know there are people out there that love it and I can watch it not necessarily as a Godzilla movie, but maybe as just a right. giant monster movie.
0: And I don't know about you, but I think um, because the movie happened so like early into my childhood, uh, I didn't really have like a pre-existing idea of Godzilla to really get hung up on. Like I'd seen movies Mm -hmm. before that for sure, but you know, I don't think I was really stuck on it enough to be like, this isn't the Godzilla that I know. And then, I mean, later (laughs) on in life too, I was able to feel like, oh, these are separate and it doesn't matter. One of them looks like a velociraptor and that was pretty cool, but it's just different. So yeah, I'm glad that that didn't like cause some kind of friction or frustration. Um, Yeah. There's some, some things that I feel like it'd be good for, people out there in different nerd communities to go back to is just being a kid and having fun with things and liking it for the sake of it being cool and not having this whole comparison game. Um, just enjoying yeah, it for what yeah, it is for sure. a simpler for time. sure because,
1: <laughs> because I think that, you know, as, as 30 something adults, we can go back, we can get so wrapped up in this stuff, you know, growing up, I didn't have the opportunity to speak with other Giant monster nerds like yourself, and like some other people that I've gotten to gotten to know in the late in this year, this year alone. Because I've really like I started getting really deep into the fandom like maybe a year ago, a little over a year ago. uh Some days I regret it, but <laughs> you
0: came in at a weird time.
1: <laughs> a, I did came. I, well, I've always been a Godzilla fan, but I never like I was. They were always my thing. Like I was. I was talking mm-hmm. with Danny. I was talking with Danny a few episodes ago, and they were always just my thing, right? They They were just my little, my dirty little secret that I kept uh, to myself. But then I discovered other giant monster nerds recently. And I mean, it's been fun. It's been really good to, to, to communicate with other people because like I said, you know, we didn't have that growing up and.
0: Right. I don't know if that's necessarily something that really bothered me either like I hear a lot of people talk about like it being a really lonely fandom growing up and like now we're connecting with people online like it wasn't readily available and Mm -hmm. I guess that's the case for me but I don't think that I missed out like I was just okay with liking what I liked or if if maybe there was a fandom that I was like oh I need that connection component um Pokemon was a huge thing too and it and Digimon so it's like all of these cool creatures like I have friends at school that I could nerd out with as a kid and collect things and like have something, uh, that's like actively happening. So other than that, I was content just to like have my old Godzilla toys and watch whatever movies and just enjoy it by myself. So I think it's kind of weird that I didn't really like long for a community or anything, but maybe it is because I got that like through Pokemon and Digimon.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like I, 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 do remember growing up with, I was never like a huge Pokemon or uh Digimon fan. I think that that um that fad or that part of uh the fandom kind of passed me by a little bit. Maybe maybe it was maybe it was because it came out at a time when I was a little bit older and you know, it wasn't cool to be a um a giant monster nerd in middle in late middle school or early high school. Right. Oh, right. (laughs) Uh, I, I joke uh, with, I've joked with other people before, you know, liking Godzilla and tokusatsu didn't get you a whole lot of dates in high school. So I kind of (laughs) suppressed.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's not always the good kind of clout, I guess. I
1: like no, have this not.
0: distinct memory as a kid, um, a friend called me up on the house phone, so we're setting the scene mm-hmm. this is in the 90s, you know sure, sure. <laughs> she was like, oh hey, what are you doing later today, why don't you come over and go swimming, and I'm like Looking at my binder of Pokemon cards, and I'm watching Saturday morning cartoons, and I'm just like, "Wow, well, I was kind of doing this and like enjoying my introvert time." I was like, "Oh, I'm like doing Pokemon card sorting right now. Maybe we can do it tomorrow." And she laughed at me on the phone, and was just like, "Oh, you still collect Pokemon cards?" And for the first time, I felt embarrassed about it. Like it was something <laughs> new feeling. I'm like, "Wait, is this is this too much? Like, am I supposed to be past this by now?" So then I, you know, mm-hmm. got nervous, and I said, "Oh, well, it's actually my little." sisters collection. So yeah, I'll be right over. Like, <laughs> and I look at, I look at that now and I feel kind of sad. Cause I'm like, no, I should have just owned what I like. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I was still like a fourth grader and to know that I felt embarrassed even then it's like, come on, like kids be kids. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a weird circle, right? Cause you, you, you're, you're young and you get really excited about that stuff and it's cool to you for a while. And then you get a little older, and things change. you know the culture changes a little bit, your friend your circle of friends change, and then it becomes uncool. and then you reach a certain point in your life and in your adulthood when you just say, "You know what, screw it, I like what I like, and no one can tell me any different." And I think that's where a lot of folks are right now, because it's it's been amazing to me about like how many people I've met within this fandom who just own who they are it's, it's been wonderful, right? Mm-hmm. It's been, su- it's been such a wonderful experience.
0: It's good. I'm glad that it's still an active thing. Um, I yeah. think I want to hear about how you got plugged in with everything like just recently, but I know for me, I think I said a little bit about it on, um, when we did our gamma round table and monsters mm-hmm. and men plug for another podcast, right. but, right. uh, I, oh, we, don't
1: pl- we don't plug them on <laughs> oh, the show. Oh,
0: okay. Redacted. Take that part. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I was looking for something to casually watch and listen to, more listen to while I was working on some comic stuff. And they had Mystery Science sure. Theater on Netflix. And I thought, oh, there's like this weird thumbnail with, uh, it was Gamera versus on, So I see the big knife head thing. I'm like, that looks pretty goofy. Let me turn it on. And I'd never seen anything to do with Gamera just until, yeah, like six years ago. So I started looking up the monsters, watching the other movies, and then just drawing pictures for fun, not thinking that people mm-hmm. would engage with it. But I just, you know, once again, I like what I like, and I want to draw some fun monsters. Right. And there was this huge upswing of people engaging with my work on Tumblr. And I was like, who who likes this stuff still? Who are all you people? <laughs> <laughs> So it was wonderful. And then I found out people would do like drawing challenges like Kai July. So they're like, oh, we're going to draw a different monster for every day of July. And I'm like, are there that many? So I had to do some research, you know, and get on Wikizilla and find out a bunch of other stuff. So it just kind of snowballed from that. And uh, I draw something. People are like, yeah, do this one next. And I'm like, I didn't even know that one existed. Um, which I'm fortunate that people were never making me feel like, oh, you don't know about Ultraman or you don't know this episode of mm-hmm. whatever this is actually from. Like people were always so excited to tell me more about their favorite monster. And it kind of mm-hmm. reminded me of the mm-hmm. Pokemon days. So, you know, right. even if it's like, I haven't caught up yet with like all the new cards from the next wave of Pokemon, it's like, people are so excited to tell you about the new ones they found. And it was the same kind of thing with giant monsters. So Yeah. It was very educational.
1: <laughs> right, right. I, how I got plugged in, since you you brought it up earlier, I don't honestly I don't even remember the moment I got plugged in. I think I think it was when uh, my interest peaked back up in 2014 with uh with the with the with the release of the very first legendary film, right? Mm-hmm. Um so that's when my interest peaked and you know, I kind of piddled around for a few years after that, and then I started hearing and I started seeing rumblings about the the sequel. Uh, after it was this was this was after Kong Skull Island, which you know I went we went uh, Lisa and I went and watched uh Kong Skull Island. We bo- Kong Skull Island we both enjoyed it, uh, and she's not even a big my wife Lisa is not even a big um, mon- giant monster nerd. You know, she's not into this at all. Like I'm literally. By myself, as far as <laughs> us two go, like she has no interest whatsoever, but it's cool, you know. She's it, it's that that's just how she is, so and she supports my interests, so that's really, I guess, that's all that matters, right? So, what did she do of the movie?
0: Did she like
1: it? She did, yeah, she liked it. She liked 2014, uh, she thought it was kind of sad, mm-hmm. uh, in parts. She really liked Kong Skull Island, but I started getting plugged in more to the fandom stuff when. I started seeing leaks and spoilers and things for King of the Monsters. Mm. And I started researching it more. And so I went on this journey to find all the movies, right. That I didn't own at the time. And so I finally, like after weeks and weeks of searching, I finally got my hands on uh, physical copies of all the films. And then two months later, Criterion releases the set. And I was pretty, I was pretty bitter about that. But oh, anyway, man,
0: really, uh, that was the timing for yeah. you. That sucks. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> no.
1: that was, yeah, that's it, That, that, yeah, that really was, that really sucked like uh, egg on my face. Um, but I started digging, like I, at first I started digging into the Facebook groups, which if you've never been a part of the, one of the, any of the Godzilla Facebook groups, that, Tends to be an animal unto itself, there's like, some
0: mixed results there
1: <laughs> yeah definitely i I got plugged into a couple of the bigger ones, and I quickly found out that uh m- maybe these big groups of uh like a hundred p- like a hundred thousand people or thirty thousand people or plus uh all screaming about the same thing probably was not for me, so Uh, I started joining some of these smaller, more nuanced groups where I could talk more one-on-one with other fans. And that's sort of how I got started. And then fast forward to January, um, of 29, no, 20. Yeah, no. Fast forward to, uh, late 2019. I'm just trying to recall everything. I started listening to podcasts. Right. I started and I started discovering all these podcasts about Godzilla and tokusatsu and giant monster movies and stuff like that. And so I think one of the very first ones I started listening to may have been David's show, but it also could have been Kaiju Weekly uh, with Travis, which later uh, I was, you know, that was my very first attempt at being a podcaster. uh, And I owe sort of that part of this fandom to to Travis because he invited he was kind enough to invite me on uh, as a guest that's awesome uh, because his, yeah because his show was pretty new as well uh, so him and Steven uh, his former co-host uh, they were looking for guests and so uh, first like first uh, the January of I want to say January of 2020 was my first um my first episode genu was my first episode was uh uh frankenstein conquers the world with travis and believe me you know i i <laughs> thought it was just gonna be uh just get on there and chit chat for a little while and i I'd go back and listen to that episode every now and then i'm like man you don't even you like you didn't know you didn't have a clue what you were doing like, come <laughs> on.
0: um Some people are so thorough. I'm like, how do you know every actor's name and all these details about the year that it came out? Like, I'm just like, I like the part when this thing happened.
1: (laughs) That's why I'm so impressed with what Henry does because he is a, he knows so much (laughs) uh, as far as like the actor's names and stuff like that. So I'm like Henry, Henry's show was one of the first podcasts I started digging into as well. So, uh after I kind of got involved with the podcasting side of it I started digging around on Twitter and uh met a lot of great people like you know David, Alex, Travis and some others and later on I met some other fantastic people like you, Henry and you know I I've met a lot of I've met a lot of my core friend group uh through the Giant Monster community and that's pretty much how I got plugged in uh, and here I sit talking to you on my very own podcast. Um, so, so yeah. yeah I'm so <laughs> glad that we connected. I, I'm glad for the <laughs> most part, people are really
0: like, um, I don't know, once again, it reminds me of like the best parts of being a kid. You see somebody else playing with a plastic dinosaur toy and you're like, you like them too? And they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. come sit with me. Exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. Good parts of it feel like that. Um, I mean, unfortunately, not every case is like that, but um, there's been a good core community of people who've made me feel really welcome and I get the question a lot too um being a female creator uh people are like Mm -hmm. what's it like for you do you feel unwelcome do people treat you any differently Mm -hmm. like what's your experience like and um I mean it's not an interesting answer but uh, I think it's a comforting one to know that my Mm -hmm. experience doesn't feel affected by that really at all um other than people maybe are Excited to have me on for the Mothra episode because she's a gr- I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 shout out to Garganshu cast. No, that was fun. Um yeah, but yeah. no, like uh people treat me like I'm supposed to be there and I want to do that for the same for other people. Um so no. I'm glad that, that hasn't affected my experience at all. I'm glad that people, yeah, just like that I draw stuff and then shout at me to do more and then I do more. So that's been good.
1: Yeah. Um it- you know, it's it, – I will say that the giant monster the, – the community that we have tried to build so far, for the most part, is probably – are some of the sweetest people that I have ever met. Like, they're just – like, it's, it's really interesting to find people that are just so welcoming and so friendly and just – all they want to do is just share their passion mm-hmm. with other folks because I think uh, – and this is something I think uh, Henry and I recently talked to each other about was – you know, none of us really we come a lot of us come from a place of being that shy kid in the corner playing with his toys or reading a book. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of us are we're are just so excited to find other like minded people like ourselves. The the danger, the the downside to that is, unfortunately, there are some cases where this fandom is their entire identity. Mm And then it becomes dangerous a little bit because you get, you get deep into it, right? Like if, and if something happens to upset you, then it's like the end of the, it's like an end of the world kind of, kind of deal. Yeah, right. I I don't, yeah, I I don't, I'm trying not to go into that area of it because I want to keep this conversation, conversation as positive as I humanly possibly can. (laughs) Um, So just now you said that you draw stuff. I think that's pretty, that's pretty much what we all, what we all know you for. Like you, your, your, your artwork is fantastic. Thank you. So you are a comic book artist by trade, correct?
0: Yes. Um, I went to Savannah college of art and design and got to study Mm -hmm. comic books for four years. So it's so cool that there's, um, schools out there that let you have like that much of a specialty major, Um, I do have to admit that it wasn't my plan from the very beginning. Um, I've always liked animation and I thought that that was going to be my route initially, but I think when I found out the direction animation was going at the time seemed to be way more like technical. Um, I mean, I don't mind being on the computer. I do most of my work that way, but to think that it could be like, I'm tweaking models in a modeling program for most of my time, instead of drawing or like being part of the storytelling portion of it, I think Mm -hmm. I found out uh, that that was the part that I liked about that the most. So when I was about to declare a major, I felt really undecided until somebody's like, well, why don't you check comics out? Like even if it's not something you feel really well versed in, it sounds like it's the part of the process that you like, so you could benefit from that. And I'm sure glad that I did because I totally fell in love with the medium. Um, mm-hmm. I came into it, you know, having been, I mean, we talk about gateway drugs, manga. I was a manga kid. I mean, we right. all were right. Like <laughs> sitting in the back of Barnes and Noble, trying to read an entire book before mom comes back from shopping. Like
1: right.
0: we've all been there. So Or
1: you're uh you're you're just this kid with no money and that's the only way you can read your favorite comics. Is I know, because there's so that. much
0: stuff too, and you're like, if I just like if I can skip this one, I can afford the next one, like, cause you right. could shell out like ten dollars at a time to buy a volume of Inuyasha, and I'm glancing at my shelf and seeing I only have nine <laughs> of them. So <laughs> I envy anybody who's ever able to own the entirety of one piece. I mean it's still going, but I'm like mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, so comics was not my original route, but, um, I, I really liked it. Uh, it was a, a great time at SCAD. Uh, I graduated in 2014 and I've been doing stuff ever since. So I -hmm. started out teaming up with different writers and then I do the illustrations for their books. So I've done graphic novels that way. And then children's books too, can be a little less big of a, a project, I appreciate that those get done a lot sooner than like 100 or 200 page comics, but right. storytelling art is what I specialize in. And I'm glad that I've been able to put out a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah, there, there, there's something like there's something really honest. And there there's I think that what draws a lot of folks to the comic book world is there's something very um What's I'm trying to think of the right word to use here, but uh, like the only one that's coming to mind is tangible. Like there's something very hands on and tangible to Mm -hmm. comic book art. Like you, I mean, there's fantastic artists, there's fantastic digital artists out there like Dope Pope and some Mm -hmm. others that do that, that can work the, the 3D modeling programs and make beautiful, beautiful stuff, but there's something so honest and so tangible, uh, and, and beautiful about comic book art is because it is very hands-on and I'm, and I'm assuming that I'm going to be safe to, I'm going to be safe to assume that, that's one of the key things that drew you to that medium.
0: Absolutely. And I also have to admit that I like that. It's, um, something you can, if you want to do entirely by yourself, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm not always so great with the group work dynamic just because I get frustrated and I think, well, I'll just do it all myself. So I've done a lot of stuff all by myself and that's why it takes twice as long, but you feel like you have, um, the most amount of, uh, like resources at your fingertips because I think so many mm-hmm. of us we love movies and we think like of how cool it would be to direct and create mm-hmm. a feature film so this is like the next best thing that I can do and I can rely on myself to put it out there even if it takes mm-hmm. a long time like it's still not nearly as involved as making a movie so being able to tell a story start to finish all by yourself um, in a visual way I think is something yeah. that's really special and unique to the medium and then also because I don't like to do
1: group work, so <laughs> uh, you're also independently published, correct?
0: Yes, um, both ways. I have some that I've published um, by myself. Oh, my dog just groaned at me. I think I'm being too loud. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> it's okay. My my cats give me looks all the time too. It's funny.
0: Um, I have books. Or I had a webcomic that I started out with uh, after I was finished with college that I've published, self-published by myself, but I also have a traditionally published graphic novel that came out last year through Iron Circus Comics. So that's something I'm really excited about too, to have like a actually a traditionally published book that's out there in the world. Like people send me pictures of it when they see it in the library or at a bookstore. I think it was because it was alphabetical, but somebody did show me a picture in a bookstore in New York that um, my book was right next to Watchmen because I think Napsig and then Alan Moore, those two books lined up. So I was like, oh man, (laughs) so close. But right. yeah, it's a young adult graphic novel. It's like a dad and daughter crime story called Minus. So like yes. attraction or a minus sign, but M-I-N-U-S. I know it doesn't come right. out as well as when I say it, but yeah, I put that together. I'm the the author, the illustrator. I did all the lettering and colors for it too. So I feel like that's why it took so long. But it's out there in the world and it's super cool to see.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um but we also, you also publish a webcomic that has become yes. really popular as well, too. Right? I'm Don't really you?
0: glad that it's taken off. Um, something that is different about webcomics than traditional publishing is, I mean, as you're working on it, you can share pages mm. of a webcomic week by week and get feedback from people. So sometimes that's that like extra dose of encouragement for me that people are liking what's happening so far and they have some quick input or feedback for me the direction that it's going. So, I really like that engagement and I think it helps boost me in the right direction to want to continue. Whereas if you do a graphic novel, um the classic way, a lot of times you have to do it in solitude with no feedback other than from your publisher or your editor and then at the mm-hmm. end of it all, you don't know how people are going to like respond to it. So, there there are pros and cons to each, but I am excited to be working on a webcomic again cuz I get to talk to all of you.
1: Right, right, for sure, and it's 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 a really wonderful web comic, right? Because I uh I just started reading it. I am about I'm I'm about three or four pages into Attack of the Audit. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, I'm I'm about three or four pages in, and I'm enjoying myself. I'm enjoying myself very much. It's it's a very well well illustrated well illustrated. There we go, and well written comic. So. <clears throat> You know, speaking specifically about Taking Back Toku, which is the title of the web title of the webcomic. Where did that idea start with you?
0: I'm so interested in behind the scenes stuff with practical effects and I know a lot of that uh, we get cool screenshots and snippets of uh, movie footage that's happening for people who still use practical effects. But I think we've all checked out mm-hmm. a book from the library, you know, that like, does behind the scenes stuff for Godzilla, or I watch all the DVD extras on things. And it's just like, such a fascinating thing that I thought it'd be cool if like, there was somebody trying to kind of crusade for the cause to use practical effects still in like a, an age that's shifting more towards digital effects. And then how that could go, um, but also spliced in with, like, there being real monsters later on, um, so trying to juggle this, like, slice of life kind of story that I like to tell, but also have it be, um, like a monster adventure story. Yeah, I like both of those things, so I wanted to figure out a good way to do them both. And also, it seemed like it was more, uh, pressing or relevant to do with all the discussions that I hear surrounding, oh, the human characters are so uninteresting in all these monster movies. Cause it seems like, I don't know, a lot of them you could argue are made like the main part of it's going to be the cool monster action scenes. And then we threw in some extra stuff to, to broaden it out. But for
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, like a different way of doing it, I felt like, oh, we could have like a traditional story backstrop backdrop. <laughs> and then also have these other elements incorporated in it. So I hope that one doesn't feel like an afterthought.
1: You're doing all the writing for, for this as well. too. Yeah. This is another current.
0: one. It's all my own thing. Um, I hope that I have some more time to devote to it in the near future. I just finished up a big, um, comic contract for the summer. So can pick it back up again and I've still been able to update I had enough of a buffer which I was glad that I didn't have to like take a break from that but I think maybe I can draw it um a little bit more quickly this time around
1: so I'm going to assume that COVID has actually worked in your favor this It time has,
0: around. yeah. I feel like I'm one of the few people to say that. I was <laughs> like, oh, this is such a great year to stay inside and draw.
1: <laughs> right, right. It like, yeah, it's, uh, flattened out
0: all of my social obligations or like there are even things that are still I'm involved with, but you know, you can you can live stream church on the weekends. You can do a Zoom call to like, chat with somebody real quick um yeah
1: yeah (laughs) i've been able
0: to draw in the background the whole time i'm like yes i'm listening mom and i'm still like scribbling on my screen (laughs) (laughs) so it hasn't been all that bad for me i mean i miss going out and doing stuff and seeing people i was sad that a lot of my comic well actually all of them all the comic events that i do this year were canceled so that was a bummer because i do like to see everybody
1: right yeah like if you're in a creative field like this it's you know, in the age of COVID it's, I mean, it's really good to be in that field. Um, it's just unfortunate that it's sort of a lonely place to be, especially if you're a, se- if you're self-employed like you and I are, mm-hmm. you know, I work from home as well. And so I have to force myself to go outside. Um, <laughs> it's tough. and yeah, it is tough. And, uh, like before I, it, it's interesting because before COVID, um, I was sort of an, I was a little bit of an introvert as far. I was, well, I should not introverts, not the right word to use. I was a little bit of a homebody anyway. Like I, I'm comfortable here. Like I just like to be in my, all I like to be in my workspace, you know, with, with my music and just everything, you know, all the, everything in its place. And just, it's my happy place. Right. And, When COVID hit uh, and I was forced to stay here, it's like my brain said, well, no, I don't want to do this anymore. So maybe being a homebody is not (laughs) the best thing for me. Um, It
0: shifts your perspective and it probably wouldn't have been any different for you, right? Like if if you had carried on the year without thinking too much about it, maybe not much would change, but it's like that whole denial of like, no, now I realize like like I can't go out and do stuff. Now I'm mad. Right.
1: Right. Exactly. It's before it was, I don't want to go out and do stuff. Cause I had an option to or not, but now it's like, I can't do it. And now it's a problem.
0: Right. I just, so, I miss having the opportunity to say no, instead of it being an automatic, <laughs> no, like
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you know, you know, my wife and I have been pretty, we, my wife and I have not been pretty fortunate. But we've been very fortunate because, uh, you know, she, works outside of the home. She works at one of the major hospitals here in, in, in town, in the town where we live. And I work from home. So my job has not really changed a whole lot. Uh, I am an art director for a, for an agency out of St. Louis. And, you know, I'm able to work with a variety of projects throughout the week. And, you know, my, my routine didn't really change much come January, February, when things started getting really bad. Uh, same with Lisa she still had to work outside the home she had to go to the hospital every Mm -hmm. day so I mean we've been pretty blessed and like you said you know church is streamed now which I miss like I miss going back to church like to see everybody and like you know actually fellowship with everybody Mm -hmm. because I think that's an important thing to do Um, but it's also really nice to sit in your pajamas and you're you're drinking coffee on a Sunday (laughs) And you're just enjoying uh, just enjoying the service or, or whatever, and you don't have to worry about you know, smiling at people you don't necessarily want to smile at <laughs> or, or, or lingering too long in the lobby and chit-chatting with – making small talk with people. Yep. You know, it's, it's that kind of stuff. I feel right. right? And that sounds really <laughs> trivial. No, no, no. I, I know what you mean. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. But I want to get back to uh, taking back Toku just for a second, because like you mentioned the human characters and I'm and I was really curious by reading through some of these reading through some of these uh, pages here. What were any of these characters inspired by actual real like real people within your life?
0: I always want to say no and like make people admire how creative I am, but I think everybody does stuff that's like based on their own experiences or like there's a little dose of mm-hmm. them in every character that they write, so in some ways, I'm just sure. like, well, no, Akio's not me; she has purple hair, but then I dyed my <laughs> hair purple earlier this summer, so <laughs> um right. I think it's important to me to try to write things or think of them from a different perspective so that it's not just like a self insert or like only viewed through Mm -hmm. my own lens. I try to have characters that have like frustrations that are different than mine, but I do probably tie it back to maybe if it doesn't go back to one person in particular per character, like it's not an even match. It might be like experiences that I've recognized from other people and things that they're going through Um, Mm. I thought it would be a unique experience too to like share the perspective of, uh, Akio, my main character, she's a single parent living Mm. with her friend as a roommate. And, um, I was thinking about how cool the family dynamic could be with all of them working together and not just like a traditional, like, oh, the dad, he died, or maybe we won't even talk about his dad, like something, um, I don't know, non-traditional family setups trying to. I don't know, not just break things up for the sake of breaking them up, but I'm thinking about like the unique conflicts that could be there. Like, especially Mm -hmm. because her studio is in a bad financial situation, thinking about how that could really affect her poorly. If she's already like in a cramped apartment in LA, barely making ends meet. um, I think Mm -hmm. there's a little more urgency there if they're in a less comfortable situation.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. And I I, I like that. I like that you're, you're writing stories about you're writing, you're trying to write stories anyway, like from different perspectives and, and unique perspectives because not everyone's life story is the same. Um, I'm curious how much research goes into develop, like how much research do you personally put into researching these characters before you start really diving in to develop them?
0: I admire all the people who do all this, like, personality sheets for their OCs and then they write all these details like likes Uh. and dislikes and backstory, like a D and D sheet almost. And then they'll do like these microcosms of the universe and all the flora and fauna to worlds like that. Like a, (laughs)
1: like a, like a clock, like a, in the, like we call them uh, at work through my job, we call them um, um, user personas. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that term before, like using it as kind of like a, like a blocking of these different characters. Um, mm. all of that to say, I don't do that. <laughs> Those were the people that I <laughs> that I watch and I'm like, wow, I think that's something I should pick up sometime and think this more through, but I think I can't get past the excitement of getting started and doing it. So, I <laughs> tend to write myself in a corner, but I mm. have a loose idea of things and then I just get to drawing and thumbnailing everything out and sketching out the story. Um, Especially as a webcomic too, I try to like have uh, the first portions of the story totally done and then I can post them and then I'll move on, uh, mm. which ends up getting complicated later if I realize, oh, I'm contradicting myself or I didn't think this far ahead. <laughs> like there'll be a part right. where I script everything out. Then I take a couple weeks and I'm drawing to catch up. And then I get to that point where I'm like, oh, I actually, I'm at the end of my notes. I don't know what happens next. So I think that's something that I want to change the way I do it because I (laughs) get myself into trouble all the time with that. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I really like to draw, like to work and produce things. I like to be this. I know people don't hear it a lot, but I do like to be the content farm. I can draw a funny dinosaur Mm. and somebody's like, ha ha, I like this. And then I'm like, good, this is my (laughs) dose of serotonin for the day. (laughs) (laughs) So I might do better with some more patience and some, some love and care to thinking about uh, the way things go. But I think I'm always just like too excited not to get started. Like I don't want to wait. That's why it's so interesting to listen to Henry talk about everything that he's writing out for Apex. Like I Mm -hmm. listened to him go through; uh, it was like that whole catalog of all the different monsters that he has laid out, and he has all these intricate things. And I'm like, "Wow, you took the time to figure all this out." And I'm just like, "I don't know." This girl has purple hair. Let me draw her. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so overall, I have like a skeleton of the story, um, but I think. Yeah, there are some folks that I might be talking to for some story writing suggestions. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Uh do you get uh, uh Jay is Jacob is that your husband's yes. name? Am I correct? Okay. Uh do you get him involved a lot when you're scripting these things out or do you bounce a lot of ideas off of him as you're working through uh, as you're working through a character or, or working through a story arc.
0: <laughs> if he's um if he's able to follow along with whatever I'm saying, then yeah, it's good to like kinda of bounce some ideas off of him and get some instant feedback. Sometimes though, um I mean, because we're so close and we're spouses, I'm just like, I don't know if I can sure. take what you're gonna say about this. If you think it's dumb, <laughs> like I'll be worried that he'll say something like, oh, why don't you try something different? And I'll like get sad right. and think like this is a personal attack. So,
1: <laughs> right.
0: um, no, I've got I've got some people uh, like in writing communities too that I'm able to bounce some ideas off of, but I should probably do it more. I think I tend to just uh, work in isolation. And then at the end of it, I'm like, oh, maybe some peer review would have helped because some of this isn't making sense.
1: hmm <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm curious, I'm sitting here, like, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, I'm listening to you, uh, talk about all this and I, I'm wondering, and if you don't mind me asking what's, um, what's some things, what is a one thing, one major thing, or a few things that you've learned about yourself while developing these comics and developing your artwork?
0: Definitely. There's been more of a, uh, like a shaping of how I do things. So like, streamlining Mm -hmm. my workflow. And, um, I don't know the really unemotional part of it where it's like, how efficient can I be? How many things can I get done? How many things do I have to do before I get burnt out and really overwhelmed? Um, those are definitely some Mm -hmm. things that pop up a lot, but I think I've been able to discover like what parts of it I like best and what are things that don't come as naturally to me or, um, Mm -hmm. I'll even find, that I like to go through things uh, and figure it out and be really clumsy with it in order to be able to share what I've learned with other people. Like I have suggestions for, well, now I feel like it's all an efficiency thing. Like this is a better way to set up your workflow. And this is how many pages (laughs) you could schedule out for something. But yeah, I I really like to work, I guess is what I figured out. I love to just to make stuff all the time it's super fun and i don't find that i get too much to a point where i get really burnt out which is good Mm -hmm. because i know that can be a huge problem when it happens to people but uh i'll get i'll get to points where some of it feels so mechanical like i'll be drawing day in day out but still not feel like i've done anything really creative if that makes sense maybe you can relate to it like with what you do for work like it's still a creative thing but some right. of it gets so like specific and technical that it loses like the looseness and the fun creative part of it and it does feel like work. You it know?
1: loses the um it it loses sort of its its spirit and its personality a little That's bit. That's it, yeah. It, be- it becomes um I don't know. I I'll be working on like th- the majority of my day consists of like designing and building websites specifically like, uh, UX UI stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a very technical element to that. Like you have to do, you have to know a little bit of math. If you're going to do, if you're going to work with that type of, uh, uh, medium is not the right word to use, but, uh, if you're going to, if you're going to work in sort of that area mm-hmm. of, of design, there is some math and s- some math and some technical stuff involved. And I hate that kind of stuff, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I was sitting uh, in a meeting the other day and we were going through sort of the, we were going through our list of of things that need to, need to happen that week. And they, and uh, my creative director, Kirk, he looks at me and says, Mike, um, we need to pump out uh, three we need to pump out a few of these brand guides for client X, Y, and Z this week. Do you want to take those? And I just said, no, I don't. <laughs> At
0: least you were I, <laughs> I don't
1: I don't want to take them because I hate doing brand guides. I hate doing stuff like that because it's 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 creative to a point, but it's not the same as sitting down and having an open canvas or an open artboard and you get to do and you get to work through that those, um, you get to work through all that stuff the way you think it should be worked through, like, you know, doing, like doing more mechanical, what I would call busy work mm-hmm. just bugs me to no end. And, um, uh, <clears throat> shoot, there was, there was one oh um, yeah, that you, you said something about, said something about burnout and mm-hmm. like, Recent, like burnout, is a is a real thing, and I admire people. I admire people like you that can just sit down and just power through something, and not be phased by it, right? Uh, Without showing any like sort. I because I don't see like I've I've sort of watched you evolve online and just through your art and something and your interactions in the community. I've just seen, I've just seen you evolve as a person. Throughout this, throughout knowing you mm-hmm. and knowing of you, um, I don't see you burning out like at all. Like I don't see like any of that that stress. Like you don't project any of that stress. That may, that maybe you be you're you're probably feeling that. But yeah, the, the illusion has probably. been
0: cast then successfully. <laughs> but I will say, I think this this could probably answer what you were asking with this last question too. I think I've found this good like ebb and flow balance of like anticipating when I'll feel really creative and the when I'll feel the lower point of that and I can try to balance mm-hmm. the workload around that if that makes sense. Sure. Like I wish we could yeah. all have days where we felt like enormously creative and coming up with so many good ideas and I know exactly where I'm gonna go with this and, you know, when those days happen, they're great and I feel like we should take advantage of them. Um I find that they can mm-hmm. be fewer or far between so i'll take advantage of those days uh write everything down that I can think of as it's coming to me, but I do notice the rest of it is that, like gosh, I feel this art block or writer's block, but the thing mm. that's good about comics or projects that are so long form is there are way more days where it's not dependent on you having an idea it's you just doing the grunt work, so it's like I only need like this glimmer of the idea to like figure out what I'm doing next and then the rest of it I can just like it's still brain work but you know you can kind of tune out for a little bit just draw and watch Mm -hmm. a movie in the background talk to a friend um I try to balance that out a little bit so I don't get to the point where I'm paralyzed and I think like I don't know what to do I don't know what to draw because I like Mm -hmm. try to have that planned out on a more creative day or even just the. uh the way social media can connect you with people and taking suggestions. Like I love when I open up a prompt on Twitter or Instagram, I'm just like, Hey, I want to draw a cool monster. What's your favorite one from Ultraman? And then everybody will send me a ton of suggestions. I'm like, okay, now I know what to do every day. (laughs) Like it takes away a lot of that pressure.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I know this probably don't, this probably doesn't get talked a lot. It doesn't get talked about, enough or even a lot really with, with the, with in the creative fields. But, um, do you ever feel like, do you ever feel imposter syndrome for what you do? Lisa? Yes. (laughs) Do you ever have that feeling?
0: (laughs) All the time.
1: Yeah. So uh, the reason I bring that up is because I have several friends who are in the creative fields and they're new, like they've not been doing this very long at all. And one of them specifically was, was telling me the other day, it's like, I just feel like a huge imposter. Like, I I just feel like I'm just kind of, you know, playing around in Photoshop and, you know, trying to pass myself off as a real artist or a real designer. Um, Do you have any advice for those, for those folks?
0: Yeah, I think what I've learned, and I'm still in the thick of it to some extent. um, Some of it just ends up being the realization that there won't be like this satisfying moment or this day when like the fairy will descend and be like, yes, Lisa, today is happening. Today, you are a real artist. And I'll be like, oh, finally, like (laughs) we're never going to get that chance. Um, So I think. It's just good to uh, make the most of what you can do right now. And remember that the main qualifiers are not like like the level of skill you have or based on how you compare yourself to somebody else. Like, should you evaluate yourself mm-hmm. that way? I don't think that ends up being really productive. Somebody had pointed out to me like the qualifying terms are, okay, can you call yourself an artist? And then you think, well, no, I do I'm not good enough, or I don't do this often enough, but somebody's like, but are you doing it at some points? And you're like, yeah, I, I draw, I do funny monster drawings on the internet. Does that, (laughs) does that count? And the answer is yes. Like if you're doing something, then that's really all it takes. Um, I know, especially I feel there's this pressure for people who have like degrees in different creative fields and feel like, the imposter syndrome in that regard, like, well, I have a whole degree in music or comics or whatever in film that you decided to go forward with. And you think like, Oh, I'm just like, I'm not a real director. I'm not a real artist. I'm not a real musician, but it's like, well, if you're doing it every day, or you're doing it at all, I think you qualify, like there shouldn't be this disqualification just because you think you're not at the level that you want to be at. Like if you're actively doing it, that's really all you need. And that's been such a comfort to me because I think like, oh, well, I'll finally be happy when I have a book. And then it's like, well, I have a book. So then the, the line actually moved. It's like, well, when I have Like a book that's a bestseller when I'm the next this or that, or when I get an Eisner Award, it's just like the bar is always going to be moving. So I think we just have to decide to be happy now. I feel like that's something my mom would say, but no, it's really true. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I like what you said there about the bar constantly moving. Like, there's like you know, I as I was coming up, sort of through my. Like through my career, like my early days as a quote unquote designer, when I was feeling that um, imposter syndrome, and I and I think that's something that we all suffer with. Suffer with if we're um, in any creative field whatsoever. I think you're going to experience some degree of imposter syndrome, and the one thing that I've had to remember is I just log in every day. I do the best. I do the best possible work that I can and hope that it's going to be, hope that it's going to turn out okay. I mean, that's really all you can do is just do the best work that you possibly can.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well said. Cause I think we, we get really sad when we look at other people and we think like what they have is what it's going to take for me to actually be Mm -hmm. happy. But then it's surprising because I think sometimes like I didn't expect to get, where I am now. And I really thought it would make me happier or it would like fix whatever frustration I had. But then it's actually better for me to see that this is, this is like a me thing. This isn't like a, Mm (laughs) the universe has to line up in order for me to be happy it's like no this is something that I have to be content with which is easier said than done and day to day it varies I mean I think a lot of us we don't have a good happy medium it's usually this balance of like oh I'm on fire today everything I do is just like so great like nothing can stop me and then there are other days where you can't even get out of bed you're like why try what's the point Like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure
0: it's comforting to know that everybody from like all levels of things feels that way especially like all of people that i'm looking up to who will share the same yeah. kind of stuff and frustrations that they go to and i'm like oh yeah. so this is something that is more common it makes me feel a little less alone or i'll be caught off guard yeah. sometimes when i'll get like a really nice comment or somebody will dm me and be like oh yeah you really inspire me and one day i hope i can do what you do and i think like oh but i mm-hmm. think that of somebody else so I'm surprised that you thought that of me. So it's a good feeling. Sometimes I'm just like, you don't want this kid. Like you don't know what, <laughs> what you're in for, but.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a really nice segue because uh, I was, I was sitting here thinking cause I just want to say that I view you and I, I know I'm, I'm not alone in this. I view you as a really prominent, very positive, just, I don't know what else word. I don't know what other hyperbole to use, but like just a fantastic voice within the giant monster community specifically. Thank you. So I did go back and I look, I did go back and listen a little bit to your conversation with David. Um, And I'm curious, like how has your perspective about this fandom and just your experiences here changed since say I don't know since January cuz a lot has changed a lot has changed since January It
0: has like, this is where the, like the positivity has... ends <laughs> no I'm
1: kidding <laughs> No I I don't think so I think there are some bright spots and there's some really dark spots uh, in this community but I'm just curious from your perspective being such a such a prominent female voice in this community like how has your persp- how has your perspective changed
0: Thanks for asking cuz it's something I've I've realized like it is a development. Um, I'm glad that it's an ongoing conversation or at least the opportunity to like reflect on things and have important conversations. I don't like the inciting incidents that happen that make us feel like we've Mm -hmm. regressed and have to like call people out or talk about things that we thought we knew better about. Um, But I think if there's one thing that really stands out to me, it's, that even when there can be like bad things happening or like the the veil is lifted and there are some people maybe that we looked up Mm -hmm. to that turn out to be not so great or like they disappoint Mm -hmm. us, whatever kinds of things are going on. A lot of people feel really discouraged because it's like, Oh, this is somebody I looked up to or, Oh, this is poison the well and none of us have a home anymore. I like to think that it's an encouragement to like, make better things or make new things that people will gravitate towards um, and enjoy just as much, or maybe even more, is my hope. Um, mm. I don't find that a lot of it discourages me. It actually, like, kind of pumps me up to be like, well, if there are people out there who are being, I don't know, like mm. discriminatory or unkind, it's just like all the more yeah. reason for me to feel like, wow, there really is a need for. Uh, I don't know, not just, like, more positive things, but there are people who are hurting that I could reach out to or or I can just rub it in their face and be better. I don't know, like, (laughs) (laughs) there, I do feel like there's this invitation to, like, this is the environment where it's important for me to make my own things. Like, it's not necessary for me to continue what's already established. Like, there's an opening now for me to... Not like it's super important to stand out, but like I feel
1: mm.
0: like people could really connect with my stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. So I hope more for people sure. take encouragement from that. Cause I know things like this can be really disappointing. This is super vague. But you know, anytime that there's something <laughs> No, it's <like>
1: fine. <laughs> it's if you don't want to be vague, you don't have to be vague. It's it's fine.
0: Uh yeah. Uh I don't think that we should have this like idealistic view of people either. And sometimes that's like hard to come into as adults. Cause it's like, if we've Mm -hmm. had this um, enjoyment of Godzilla of giant monsters of things like that, since we were a little kid um, coming into this adult space, it's hard to like kind of wrestle with, Oh, for the first time we can see that people think about other things and they think, really horrible things about other things, you know, like commentaries that they have about worldviews don't line up with ours or people are really unkind and uncaring. And it's a, it's really mean spirited sometimes out there. And I just think that we would, I don't want this to just be like, Oh, Lisa always says these kumbaya kinds of things, but I don't know. It's like a good reason to have your presence if you can be yeah. like a force to kind of combat that behavior. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Positive. I mean, I love people who are positive, but at the end of the day, we're real people and we have real opinions and we have real thoughts and feelings towards certain things. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I agree with all the stuff that, that you're saying there. And I'm, and I'm curious from your perspective, like how much, like one thing that Eric and I talked about on, uh, when I talked to him was, you know on on social media you have to have a strong opinion to cut through the noise right and sometimes that strong opinion can either be too strong or too opinionated and i'm curious how much of it is really what people think or how much of it is is an act like how much of it is a show is really what i'm sitting here wondering
0: i don't think that we get a lot of sincere Initial reactions anymore because there is that pressure of like, Mm -hmm. I have the opportunity to like really think and edit what I'm going to say, and like the fact that I don't have to be face to face with this person when I say it, we both can like really Mm -hmm. go to town with each other. So I think (laughs) we really curate a lot of what we say, not to say that that makes it entirely dishonest because sometimes it is good to like. I'm not going to give my gut response and have it be a really heated reaction. Like I'm going to collect myself and say things how I want to be understood. But sometimes I do wonder like if it takes away some of those genuine feelings, like if you're taking into account the concern of like, well, if I say this, how are other people going to respond? And you're even thinking about people on both sides of the issue. You're thinking like, am I going to let people down who really, uh, that I care about? Like, am I going to let them down too, if I'm quiet about it? There's a really interesting conversation about like the complacency of people that's perceived like when Mm -hmm. they're silent on issues too, which some of that I don't think is a productive conversation because not all of us are plugged in every second of the day, (laughs) but there is something to be said. Like if everybody knows that you've seen what's going on and you've chosen To turn a blind eye to it, it's like—is there some complacency there? So I'm definitely not arguing that, like, Lisa, you didn't respond to that two hours after it happened. It was just like, oh well, I was at work,
1: so (laughs) I didn't see it. I, I have a life, so right, yeah. Anyway, (laughs) but no, I I think that I'm gonna I want to play devil's advocate just for just a hot just for Mm -hmm. a second, like I I just want to say that that I think sometimes that you know the lack of commenting on a certain issue is not necessarily that, that you want to ignore it it's just that sometimes the conversation because is is so nuanced there's that people don't really know what to say mm-hmm. yeah that's a good point and, i mean and and does it you know everyone has an opinion everyone has a thought Uh, And sometimes it is helpful, especially when more, when prominent voices and I'm, and I'll have to admit, I'm a little bit guilty of this myself. Like I don't chime in when I should. Uh, But like I said, there's sometimes there are, there are issues well outside of my pay grade that I feel like if I jump in, I'm just going to muddy the waters even more. And I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. I would rather let people who are more educated in those areas handle that.
0: Right. Or even if it's like, an experience that is not one that I am ever going to have. Um, sometimes yeah. it's like, I think that we're really eager to help people in marginalized groups and we want to come to their aid so quickly that we don't realize that we're actually talking over people who are going through those experiences.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I that is, that's probably the best, that's probably the, the most succinct and best response I've I've heard someone say. Thanks for letting me that. think about that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That, that's no problem because, you know, it's tough. So to bring it back around to a little bit of more positivity, because, you know, we can all agree that social media is one big cluster, mm-hmm. right? So at least it has been in the last couple of days. We won't get into that, but I'll just say it has been for the last couple of days. Um where are some bright spots that you see in this community from your perspective?
0: I think I there are people who I really look forward to like their creative endeavors and things that they're genuinely excited about. Like if maybe there's one good thing that's happened this year, it's that people have a little more time and energy to put towards some of their passion projects. So it's so Mm -hmm. cool to see people come alive and be able to do that um, or start new adventures um, or even like find the right fit for what they're doing and use the internet as a sounding board. I think about David initially um, talking about, the response um, from doing blog posts versus um, trying the same kinds of discussions as a podcast and seeing that there was like such a huge difference of engagement. So it like, wasn't an issue of the content. It was like how it was presented. So I think it's good for people to figure out um, what suits them best. So seeing people's Mm. projects come alive, trying new endeavors, um, that stuff makes me excited. And then, um, well, are there any movies coming out? I don't know. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun to laugh <laughs> with everybody about whether or not uh, King Kong versus Godzilla or the other way around, <laughs> uh, whether that movie is ever coming out. I like the memes of things that happen. Like <laughs> it's good to laugh. Honestly, with I just wish they
1: would. I wish they would just release it to streaming. Like, I know that would take a huge chunk of their ticket sales, but... I think that so many people are just so upset that that we've not seen hardly anything that it's it's making people a little bit insane. Mm -hmm. And it's it's exhausting.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's definitely definitely exhausting.
0: There's like some camaraderie there that we're all frustrated about it and speculating things. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I just wish they'd make. And that's part of the
1: fun, too, though.
0: I hope that they'll continue to make things. Um, I mean, I'm not the Hollywood budget committee or anything, but yeah, sometimes I just think there are so many examples of like cinematic universes that have worked out or even in the past. Like, I mean, you think about Godzilla having so many different characters and components to it. Like it really paved the way for this kind of shared universe thing. So you would think it'd be a natural fit to like do it all over again. So I wonder why it's not working. I don't know. So maybe that wasn't a bright spot after all. I don't know. I like to maybe. laugh with people on the internet. I think that's fun. Even with like some of the the drama that happens on Twitter, um just like doing a funny drawing. I don't know. I drew that picture of Menia going to summer camp is like an alternative <laughs> to some other convention yes. you could go to like, "Oh, let's all brainstorm together. Let's go to Kaiju camp." So I drew that picture of Menia and then um, his name's Keith. He's another artist that I follow. He did that hilarious like Shin Mania thing a couple of weeks oh, ago. Oh, but then he did, as, <laughs> he did it as terrifying. He did it as Shin Minja going to camp like crying blood. It was the funniest thing. <laughs> just so glad he did it.
1: <laughs> oh, I I love your I love your sense of humor. I do. Thanks. I'm
0: glad. Yeah. I try to try to cheer <laughs> people up too, and not have it just be right. doom and gloom. Because sometimes I don't know. Yeah even like in a crusade to do something good, I think that can end up being really like, I don't know, deflating (laughs) like, yeah, we, we want something good to come out of it, but at what cost? Mm -hmm. It's like, everybody just feels kind of grumpy and down on themselves. So to make light of it a little bit, um, but I don't know, maybe there Mm -hmm. is the potential for some kind of, um, some kind of comic convention. I mean, we saw how well uh, Kaiju con line went, this summer that was so cool. So maybe there's another component yeah, sure. they can do with that. I don't know.
1: For sure. And I, I really like, I thought it was such an interesting idea that you proposed yesterday about, uh, Kaiju summer oh, camp. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and and not, and just beyond the menu stuff. Cause that was, <laughs> that was, that was fantastic. That was that. <laughs> got, that was, that was definitely S tier right there. But, um, but no, it, it's, I think, I think with everything going on this year, you know, we can all agree that 2020 has not been the best. And so, everything moving to online, it will change some things going forward. I think now content creators are realizing that you don't have to rent out a huge ballroom or a big facility to provide something to the fan base that we're all going to enjoy. Now, the 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 caveat of that is you you don't get that. Person to person interaction. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you're an introvert like uh you and I, uh that's per that's perfect. You don't have to interact <laughs> with real people and you still get to consume the content. Fantastic. Right. Yeah. People don't have
0: to like set their drinks on my table and like bump it as they walk by. Oh my gosh. Some some parts right. of the conventions I'll be, I'll are bet. a pain. <laughs>
1: Oh, I, I bet. I wish we had so much more time because I would love to hear some of the horror stories oh of conventions.
0: Have you been I able really to um, meet many of the people that you've um, connected with online over the past couple of years or do you still yet to meet them?
1: I am still yet to meet them. I am good friends with a lot of them, uh, Travis and Alex and all of them. But I have I'm yet to meet any of them in person, Oh man, honestly. But that doesn't that really doesn't really. uh Ah, it's been, it's been interesting because like, I'm close to all these people like David. I talked to David several times during the week and you know, he's, he's, he's a good dude. He's one of my, he's one of my favorite people Mm -hmm. within this community. And, um, yeah, it's like, I'm not, I'm not really missing much. I don't believe except I'm just missing that, like that one-on-one like human interaction, you know, that's, kind of hard to replace just like via a phone call or FaceTime or, or sort of what we're doing. We're just kind of chit chatting over the internet. And, um, but yeah, I'm yet to meet a lot. I'm, I'm yet to meet all of these people. And when I, when I finally do get to meet guys like, uh, Henry, (laughs) it'll be, uh, (laughs) it'll be interesting. Henry, I know you're going to listen to this episode, man. We love you.
0: I do have to share the story of when I met when I met Henry at G Fest two years ago.
1: Oh, was, oh do tell, do it was tell so
0: good. Um it was my first time at G Fest at all, so I was meeting everybody for the first time. And Henry walks over and he's just like looking at all my stuff, totally silent, but his mouth is hanging open. Like, I hope he's impressed. And I'm just like, hey, how's it going? And he's just like, hi, I'm really good. I'm Henry and I love all your stuff. I love everything you do. And I was like, oh, thank you. And then he proceeded to buy like almost everything on my table and I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm, like reading off the total to him as I'm like sliding his card through the card reader. And he's just like, yeah, that's fine so
1: <laughs> yeah that's his that's his thing too because he said that uh he said that to me before i was just talking to him the other evening he said that that he when he goes to like g-fester these can these conventions he loves to support uh like i won't i won't say lesser known but smaller artists mm-hmm. i guess is the probably the best way i know how to put it because you know a lot of these artists like yourself they're very well known but i i don't I don't want to, de- I don't want to degrade you by saying that you're a smaller artist or anything like that. No, I just okay. want to say you're not. <laughs> that I'm not,
0: <laughs> I might not be Matt Frank, but I always manage to get my table here by his so that I can like get everybody who's waiting in line for him to well, like stop by my me. table. <laughs> That's always my, you speed. said it, not me. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah it's it's what he was it's what he was telling me like there's this long freaking line to go see matt frank because he's matt frank and all that and uh henry likes to go around and support all these smaller artists that aren't that don't necessarily get the same like fan craziness i don't even know how to describe it like the fan yeah like the name
0: recognition right yeah Mm.
1: like yeah, they he likes to do that, which I think is super cool of him to do, um, which, you know, God bless Matt Frank and what he's been able to do. But I'm sort of there with Henry where I do like to support uh, smaller content creators and um, because there are some people out there that are doing fantastic work uh, Destiny, Kaiju Hime, mm-hmm. she does beautiful work, you know, obviously you do beautiful work and some, uh, and, and there's other con- there's other creators and designers and, and just artists out there that, that people should know about. And so this is probably a, a good question to ask you because I know that you're super, uh, that you're more in tune with that area of the fandom, even, even more than I am. Uh, who, who should people know about? In this oh, man.
0: There there are even tons of people who are like queued up to be a part of the Artist Alley. I wish we had more tables. Um, well, hopefully, maybe with the new venue in the future, we could expand to more than 30 tables because I think about um, there's Matt Reedy, who does all of these really cool, um, lately, he's doing these totally symmetrical, like straight on kaiju portraits, and he's just going down the line doing each one of them. Um, Those are really neat. And he was going to be in it this year and then 2020 happened. So he's great. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know, Kaiju Hime is my buddy. I love when we can sit next to each other um i've connected with a lot of people recently um i mentioned keith who did the shin earlier this week that was hilarious (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i think i need to do like a follow friday kind of a thing coming up tomorrow that would be good you do that's the great thing about the art community is i think we're all so quick to like share each other's stuff i don't ever feel like anybody's um i don't know thinking, oh, this is only my art Twitter. Like, it can only be my stuff. Like, no, people share each other's things left and right. They're always connecting me with other people. Um, It's really cool when there are people that I look up to a lot who have been really, I don't know, kind to me and reviewing my work. I love Xander Cannon, who does Kaiju Max, that comic series. And he's been, uh, he's promoted my webcomic before, which was so cool. I'm just like, I feel like the little guy and you're helping me out. So... Yeah. Right, for our sure. Our community's
1: nice. They are. Uh they are. And it, you know, there's a <clears throat> there's a tendency, I feel like, at least there's a reputation for, you know, artists to be very territorial mm-hmm. uh with sort of their with their stuff. But uh one thing I have noticed, at least at least about our little corner of the internet, is everyone is so willing to support and share. And just really treat it like an actual community, and not like your Twitter feed is your shameless promotion feed, and you're not allowed, and you're not going to share anybody else's work because it's my thing, it's mine, 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 mine. So, um, yeah, I, that's one thing I've been super impressed by people like you and and Destiny and some others that that I've really noticed that you guys are so willing to just r- reach out and share. Mm-hmm. and promote other people other than yourself. And I really think that that's, that's what sets the giant monster community and just this, this our little corner of the internet apart from a lot of other places. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's a friendly place. I yeah. like it. And that it doesn't yeah, feel competitive. Sure. Like there are people who are willing to do collaborations too. And um, I don't know, join the same kinds of art challenges. And I don't ever get the impression. I'm just like, Oh, well, you know, you took my idea or like feeling protective or territorial about like, I think of being a little kid and watching a movie being like, okay, well, I'm Gamera and you can be Zegra. No, I want to be Gamera. You know, it's never anything like that. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. That just flashbacks. for
0: sure. <laughs> I volunteer to always be Zegra. This is my, the part of the, any podcast that I'm on where I have to shame David and be like, David, you made a mistake. You need to watch Zegra again and you will like it. It's a good movie.
1: <laughs> why? But why Zegra? Like, I don't Because he's understand. like a
0: cool shark and he's one of the only ones that talks. He's like super evil and condescending. Like, I don't know. It's cool. <laughs>
1: Oh man, that's, that's that's hilarious. Like the mental, the, the, the mental pictures I'm getting right now are horrifying. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But Lisa, this has been such a pleasant conversation. Thank you so much. And, um, I know we've only got just a few more minutes together, but, uh, if you don't mind, what's, what's next for you? What, what's coming up, uh, Uh, for you as an artist for you as a person just whatever you want to share what is what's what's coming up in the rest of the year heading into 2021
0: yeah um finished up a good comic contract so i've got more of my own time on my hands so i'm going to dedicate more of my time to my webcomics, so I think I can um, Mm -hmm. speed up my page rate a little bit. Maybe I could do more than one update a week, which would be super awesome. Um, Since October is coming up, and people were looking for different ideas of drawing challenges, I was um, Mm -hmm. really inspired by people who put together the one for Monster March, and I want to do um, one for October. I'm going to call it Titanatober. So
1: (laughs) I think I had...
0: Titanosaurus on my mind when I did it, but yeah, I've got like a mix of um, monsters. From well, Japanese he is your favorite. Oh yeah, Pestar has to be there too. Both Titanosaurus <laughs> and Pestar are on the list, so everybody has to draw those days. But. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, I tried to do, like, a an even mix of some Japanese monsters, um, things from Western movies, or, like, urban mm-hmm. legends, stuff like that. So it should be a fun mix, and um, I wanted it to be a low-pressure thing, because I know this is not the year to, like, try to go out and make it any more harder than it has to be. So I'm hoping if there are some of the entries that look like they'll be fun prompts for people to join in on, that they will, but no pressure to do, like, all 31 <laughs> might be too much stress so i'm going to be posting again after my hiatus i guess (laughs) other than just the little menia spam drawings um (laughs) i did propose that maybe i could do um just just a menia summer camp comic or something now that everybody's gonna go to kaiju camp i think that would be funny but i don't know if i'll be able to do it
1: you okay so that's going to be your next that's going to be your next webcom is kaiju camp <laughs> i'm i'm already i'm already calling it right now you've heard it here fo- you've heard it here first folks the next uh major project to come out of lisa nafziger is going to be kaiju camp <laughs> uh, where minya where minya goes to camp for the first time
0: applications are due friday <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh boy i'm i'm looking forward to that yeah it's uh I enjoy all of your, your theme months that you've put together. I think, I think probably the, my favorite one so far has been the, the, what, what was it? What is it? What did you call it? Where, um, where you did the kaiju pairings, like the different pairings for, Yeah, that
0: was another, uh, spinoff of monster march um i -hmm. just decided to because i've done it before where i just did individual monsters and there was going to be some overlap of a bunch of ones that i've drawn before so i was just like hey with this kind of list what ones could be a team to fight together and people gave some cool combinations so it was fun to draw them together
1: yeah it was it was i think um my favorite one well there was some really traditional ones in there i think uh there i think megalon and gagan made that was
0: natural
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah of course uh i think what was it orga and the female the female the female muto i think that was one that was a super interesting pairing if i'm not getting them if i'm not making a mistake i'm trying to
0: remember
1: (laughs) Uh, oh yeah there was there was a lot but it was a lot of fun i was i was i don't know what who i voted for honestly uh yeah, I, I have no idea, but there, I just know there was a lot of really, really interesting stuff there. Um, so here comes the part of the show that everyone else enjoys, the shameless plug section. So Lisa, give us the rundown on everywhere that people can find you online
0: i got my podcast confused for a minute and i was just like oh no i was supposed to come up with a rhyme i forgot like <laughs> 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 um so as always half the battle is spelling my last name but when you can um i'm lisa mm-hmm. nafsiger on twitter and on instagram that's where i do most of my posting um and on tumblr my username is Rugops. Everything's linked together. So I think if you find one, you'll find sure. the other. And then um, I have a Patreon specifically for my webcomic. Um, I just had somebody else join it today as um, a generous $20 a month patron. So thank you so oh, wow. much. Okay. <laughs> so shout out to that. Um, You can join the Patreon so that uh, you can get, like, updates early. I post all of my process, so, like, the way that I'm sketching everything out, inking it, coloring, um, that's been a good thing, too. If I have any errors, people can comment really quick and be like, oh, you forgot to draw, like, the buttons on somebody's shirt, or they were wearing a hoodie in this panel, but now they're not. So that's been helpful. But I do appreciate the support from Patreon and, um, yeah, Twitter probably. Mostly, if you can stand it, <laughs> go on Twitter and look for the <laughs> the creepy Mina drawings of Mina going to summer camp, and then you'll find me.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're. Uh, you said Instagram, correct? I know. Yes. Uh, I that's where I followed you. That's where I found you and your artwork is was Instagram.
0: I'm everywhere where I try and- to be. <laughs> Not on Facebook too much anymore, but that's probably for the best.
1: Hey, that, yeah, I was gonna say that's that's probably for the best like no one hangs out on Facebook anymore except for grandmas and you did
0: mention yeah. the the Facebook groups for Godzilla on there and I have to laugh it. It's probably better that I don't remember the person's name, but I get a kick out of it every time this person will just like no context just post the name of a monster. And then people respond to it. So he'll be like, Gigan and then people are like, no. <laughs> And that's the only, only thing of the post. There's like no more content to it, and I laugh every time because they'll be like King Caesar. They'll be like, "Huh, maybe." <laughs> like I don't know what this means. Like, are we voting on something? But try to picture this like council of people voting on things and. Yeah. It's not looking good for King Caesar. So
1: <laughs> the the moral of the story, giant monster nerds are weird. It's true. We're all just, they're all, we're all just really weird people. Sometimes it's I mean, a good we, kind of
0: weird, but it's pretty weird. It
1: is. Yeah. It's pretty weird out there. Uh, so Lisa, thank you so much for this. This has been a really fun conversation. It's, it's really, it's been a pleasure connecting you, connecting with you, because this is the first time you and I have had a chance to talk with each other one-on-one.
0: Yeah. I'm glad we're friends now. So thank you. Magic yeah, of for the sure.
1: internet. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Thank you, internet. And I'm not going to say thank you COVID, <laughs> uh, but yeah. If it wasn't for COVID, I probably wouldn't be doing my own show because I wouldn't be stir crazy here at the house and needing to talk to people. Uh, (laughs) So, but, but in all seriousness, thank you so much. This has been a real pleasure. I am so happy to know you. I am really happy that you made time out of your busy schedule, your busy schedule uh, to sit down and have a conversation with me. And most importantly, audio listener, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. And I want to encourage you to follow Lisa on all the things because she's a fantastic person and her art is wonderful. And all the things that she touches is gold.
0: That's all I got to say.
1: (laughs) Right. Uh, So until next time, I'm Michael, the Kaiju Groupie, signing off. Thank you for listening to the Kaiju Groupie Podcast, a podcast produced and hosted by Michael Hamilton using redcircle.com. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to continue this conversation, please email me directly at kaijugroupiepod at gmail.com. Also, follow us on social media by joining the kaiju groupie facebook group on twitter at kaiju groupie pod and on instagram at the kaiju groupie the show is available on apple podcasts spotify youtube or wherever you find your favorite giant monster podcasts also please take a moment to rate and review the show This will help spread the word to other kaiju and tokusatsu fans, and if you do, I promise I'll read your comments on the next episode. All film, audio clips, and graphics belong to their respective copyright holders with no infringement being intended or implied. So until next time, I'm Michael, the Kaiju Groupie, signing off.